Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs>
can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, one will my heart feel. Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence? To my knees, will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine when that day comes, when I find myself standing in the sun. I can only imagine when all I will do is forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine.
Another edition of Prayer International Radio. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, David in the Psalms, that was one recurring theme, recurring uh, declaration that he constantly would come out with. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And you know, are you tasting? You say, well, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean am I tasting? Listen, you know how when you get a taste for really good steak or really good food, really good Mexican food, really good seafood, and you smell it in the air, you don't even have to see it. You can smell it in there and all of a sudden your mouth waters. And you begin to crave it. You begin to taste it. All of a sudden the sensation gets stimulated just because of the impression that that made on you the first time you tasted it. And you knew it so well that you knew it even by the smell. Get all over again. Do you know God so well? Has God made such an impression on you that even when you just get around the things of God, when you smell it in the air, when you feel God in the air, all of a sudden you begin to water your mouth, all of a sudden you begin to crave. All of a sudden, you're not thirsty for a drink. You're not hungry for food. You begin to crave the presence of God. You begin to crave a word of comfort from God. You begin to desire your desires. And all of a sudden, begin to get stimulated in it's Jesus and his presence and his glory and his peace and his joy, and whatever comes along with it, whatever he stamped and marked and impressed on your life, all of a sudden you got a taste in your mouth for the things of God. Taste and see that the Lord is good. 
So you ask, what do I mean by taste? Has God left his impression on you? To the point where you crave him. Anyway, so let's pray. Father, we just give you praise. We just love your presence, Lord. We just love your mercy and your goodness and your kindness. Lord, we thank you that you're a, you're a merciful Father. But Lord, even when we don't deserve your love, when we don't deserve your goodness, you're constantly pouring out that goodness and that love on us. So, Lord, we thank you. We don't want to be ungrateful children. We don't want to take you for granted. So, Father, we just say thank you. Lord, we hallow your name. Give you praise for everything that you're doing in our lives, for every person listening tonight, every person listening Touch them. Put a grateful, thankful heart inside of your people. Father, you tell us in Psalm 100, hey, let's, let's just say in Jesus' name, amen, right there. Go to Psalm 100. And I know you've heard this. I know my wife has heard this a lot. But it's good, you know, the law of repetition. Do you realize Jesus repeated himself? David repeated himself. Moses repeated himself. And guess what? Most importantly, all throughout the Bible, 66 books full of it, God constantly repeats himself. You know why? Because he knows we're thick-headed. He knows we're hard-hearted. We're dull of hearing. We're, we're so out there, we miss it constantly. But that's why we have a merciful, loving Father that's so patient with us. It's amazing. Forget this. Okay, so we're going to Psalm 100. It says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lands. So there you go. You say, well, I can't sing. It doesn't say make a joyful song. It just says make a joyful noise. So if all you can do is make a noise, then just make a noise. And make it unto God. He says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence. With singing, know, perceive, recognize, and understand that the Lord is God. It is He who has made us, not we ourselves. We are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. And here it is, verse 4. Psalm 100, verse 4. Get this down in your spirit. Let this become one of those life verses for you. Because, listen, it will change things. Here it is. Enter his gates with thanksgiving 
and a thank offering and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful and say to him, bless and affectionately praise his name. That's it right there. How do you get into his gates? How do you get into his temple? How do you get into that place where God is? Enter in with thanksgiving. Where? In your heart. In your heart, a heart full, a spirit full of gratefulness, gratitude. And then God swings the doors wide open. Be thankful and say to him, bless and affectionately bless his name, praise his name. Verse 5, and we're done right here. For the Lord is good. Everybody say the Lord is good. And his mercy and loving kindness are everlasting. And his faithfulness and truth endure to all generations. He's faithful. He's true. He's merciful. He's kind. And guess what? He's good. And it's everlasting. It lasts forever. It doesn't stop. It's all right. Father, we thank you for your psalms. We thank you for Psalm 100. We thank you that we can taste and see that you're good. We thank you that we can enter your gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. That place where you are, Lord. Enter your courts with praise. Lord, you told us to come before you with a joyful noise. Thank you, Lord. Even when we can't carry a tune in a bucket, we can make a joyful noise unto you and you receive it. We thank you for that, Father, that you don't limit us and put these high standards on us like we have to be some American Idol type voice to bring you glory. But, Lord, you receive even our joyful noises. And we thank you for that, Lord. I just give you praise. Just give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so... So we're just going to skim through. I think tonight we're going to... We're going to be on the songs. God bless you. We're going to be on the songs. Like the songs. Where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? All right, let's do this. Let's go to Psalm 24. We always do Psalm 23. Let's go to Psalm 25. Everybody say Psalm 25. This is a long one. It's not real long. Psalm 25. Amplified Bible. The reason I teach from the Amplified Bible often is because a lot of times we get so inundated with the world, it dulls our senses and it dulls our hearing. And sometimes things in the Word don't always seem very clear. So the Amplified Bible 
choose to kind of turn it up a little bit, makes it a little louder. So if you're hard of hearing, dull of hearing, maybe things aren't clear, this will kind of make it clear. So here we go. Psalm 25, unto you, O Lord, do I bring my life. O my God, I trust, I lean on, I rely, and I'm confident in you. Let me not be put to shame. Let my hope in you not be disappointed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. None who trust and wait, hopefully in you be put to shame or be disappointed. Let them be ashamed who forsake the right or deal treacherously without cause. Show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your path. Here David is, King David. Of course, this was back, if I understand right, when he was still, this was pre-king, pre-king days. Shepherd boy days, just kind of hanging out, tending his father's sheep, being faithful in another man's field. See, God says if we're faithful in the little things, he'll, what, make us ruler over much. So here David is being faithful in the little. Psalm 23, he's looking at all these sheep. Declaring, looking at watching these sheep in these green pastures, drinking water, and he's having a revelation. The Lord is my shepherd. See, he's he's watching as a shepherd. He's watching these sheep, and all of a sudden, God gives him a revelation. The Lord is my shepherd. He begins to see himself. Then he moves on, and he begins to have a revelation of the earth. And the king of glory, he begins to see the king of glory. And he begins to declare the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of. Who will go to the mountain of the Lord? Because he, he's getting a glimpse of the holiness of God. I'm giving you a little background here because sometimes we can just pick a, pick a psalm, pick a scripture and start reading it, pick a verse. Sometimes you need to know what's in front of that verse and what's behind that verse to really understand what's going on there. And right here, David's having revelations of God as his shepherd. He's having revelations of the earth and the glory of God and the king of glory, and all of a sudden he's undone. There, actually, let's back up. We're going to go Psalm 24. I think this will be a good place to start. And the last verse of Psalm 23 says this, Surely goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life through the length of my days in the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. See, we always kind of blow right through that, don't we? Goodness and mercy and love will follow you all the days of your life. And through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. David said, look, all my life I want to be where your presence is. See, he understood. You're my shepherd. 
But here he is, done in God's presence. Psalm 24, let's go with this. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it, the world and they who dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the currents of the rivers. Who shall go up to the mountain of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? Who? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted him up himself to falsehood or what is false or sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him, those who inquire of him for his necessity and they require him, those who seek your face, O Lord, God of Jacob. See, he's saying there's a generation. There's a generation of people that are going to seek him. They find it necessary. They require God in their lives. Not only it's one thing to inquire God, it's another thing to require God. This is the generation. What generation are you? Are you the generation that's seeking him and inquiring him? Are you the generation that takes a step further and says, God, I need you. You're necessary. I require you in my life. I know that's who God is in my life. I've got to have him. I have got to have him in my life. And without him, I'm nothing. Apart from him, I can do nothing. Time and time again, I've proven it. Every time I try to do things my way, guess what? Fall to the ground. But his ways endure forever. Remember that father knows best? I think that's what it was called. Well, guess where they got that? God actually wrote a book way before they put that little thing out. And the gist of this book here, the Bible, Father knows best. And sometimes we might think we know what's good. But Jesus was smart enough. And I have to say it like that because Our brains don't wrap around it sometimes. Jesus was smart enough to follow the Holy Spirit and follow God and and do this. I always speak when I hear the Father speaking or telling me to speak. I always do what I see the Father doing, what I see the Holy Spirit leading me to do. And sometimes we've got to be smart enough to be like Jesus. As as Christians, we always, oh God, I want to be like Jesus. Well, here's your chance. Be obedient. 
Here's my chance. I blow it constantly, but here's my chance. This is the generation of those who seek him. Seek your faith. He says, say loud, pause, and think about that. We'll just pause for a minute. Think about it. Verse 7, lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory may come in. Be lifted up. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Verse 9, lift up your heads, he says it again, O you gates. See, there's that law of repetition. Even David constantly repeating himself. Why? Because he knew you wouldn't get it the first time. And he knew I wouldn't get it the first time. So who is this king of glory? Verse 9, he says, lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up. You everlasting doors that the king of glory may come in. And one more time, he says, who is? This, King of glory, the Lord of hosts, he, he is the King of glory. Who is Jesus in your life? Who is the lifter of your head? Who is the one that you require? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it. They that are in it, you may not think you belong to God. But you do. Now you may be a rebellious son or daughter that does not give God any acknowledgement or any gratitude or any thankfulness or even acknowledge what the Lord has done for you. And unfortunately, there's a place for that. But it's not because God hasn't given you an opportunity. And it's not because Christ didn't die on the cross for you just as much as he did for me and everybody else in the world. And I know maybe your lot in life was a lot worse than mine starting out, but guess what? The ground is level at the foot of the cross And one day, every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You belong to God. You just don't realize it. Maybe you don't acknowledge it. Or maybe you do and you just don't act like it. Start getting thankful. Start acknowledging who God is in your life. Jesus, remember what Jesus said in Matthew, I'm sorry, yeah, Matthew 6, verse 6. He says, when you pray, go into your closet and shut the door. Sees you in secret will reward you openly. But when you pray, he says, say, which means talk to God, our Father. What does that mean? Father knows that. 
our Father, paternal relationship. Our Father, what does that mean? It means it's personal. It means he's for you. He's your daddy. Who's your daddy? Jesus, Father God. You may just not know it yet. But Jesus said, say, our Father, hallowed be your name. What does that mean exactly? It means to lift God up, to exalt him, to make him the bigger than everything else, to make him put him first before everything. Hallow his name, to praise him, and to set him apart, and to acknowledge him as holy, and to acknowledge him as worthy, and to acknowledge him as awesome, and the one and only true God. That's hallowing. That's our Father, hallowed be your name. God is looking, God looking for, guess what? He's looking for hearts that are fully His. God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the Father seeketh such to worship him. Why? Because he's looking for those whose hearts are fully his. The Spirit of the Lord is running to and fro throughout the earth. Looking for hearts. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? Is your heart seeking God? Are you the generation that seeks the Lord? Are you the generation that needs God in your life? Because you know without him you're, forget it. How are you going to make it in God's world without God? Remember the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and the people there in it. Why do I remind you of that? Just how easy it is sometimes for us to forget. I don't know why. So eventually I'll get to my message, kind of jumping around the songs a little bit. But I think God wanted to make an impression on us tonight. I know he is me. He's hammering my heart. Maybe he's hammering your heart. Maybe he's knocking on your heart's door. Are you going to open up? Are you going to leave your heart closed up? Throw away the key. Don't let anybody in. Deadbolt it. Do you know why you're dead inside? Because you got your heart deadbolted. You're not letting Jesus in. And you're not letting Jesus out. And you've deadbolted everything in your heart. And therefore, it's caused you to be dead. I know somebody that can resurrect the dead. His name is Jesus. And all you need is a touch from him. All you need is a touch. All you need is a word. All you need is just a little breathe, breath, life, bit of his presence. 
just a touch of his glory. Change and rearrange things real quick in your life. Well, so let's do a song. And then we'll do song 25. I told you we're going to do a couple songs tonight. You know why? Because we're going to taste and see that the Lord is good. David said, Lord, your word is sweeter than honey. What exactly does that mean? Find out. Maybe not tonight. But it'll all come together. It all makes sense. Just let get this word on the inside of you. Let this word breathe life into your spirit. Let this word bring healing into your body. Let this word bring things together in your mind. And guess what? God's word is a lamp to our feet. What does that mean? He's going to guide us. He's going to direct us. See, where God abides, he guides. And where God guides, he provides. So you need to get God in your vision and see. You need to see God. You know, the Bible says while we're beholding Jesus, we're changed. What does that mean? When you fix your eyes on Jesus, why? See, he's the author, the one that writes it, the one that starts it, and the finisher of your faith. So he's the one that helps you start it. He's the one that helps you finish it. He's the one that helps you hold it all together in between. But the Bible in Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, laying aside every weight and every sin that does easily beset us, What is easily besetting you? There's things that we're inundated with every day that easily beset us. What does it mean to beset something? Well, it's one thing to be set. Jesus set his face like a flint. God set his heart, his mind, his will a certain direction. We set our affections. We turn and we fix our affections on hopefully Jesus. And obviously we're human, we're flesh. You know, people have affections and thoughts and things that go on. But listen, the Bible says cast down, cast down every vain imagination, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. So see, there's things in your life that are going to come to try to shift your focus and beset you. What does it mean? Well, when you're set in something, you're set in your ways, it means you're kind of, it means you're sort of in a groove, in a track, on a course. You know, you set your course. But when something's beset, it means it 
shifts things. It unstabilizes things. All of a sudden, that course shifts direction. All of a sudden, you're B-set. You're not set anymore, but you're B-set. And so the Bible says, lay aside every weight. What does the weight do? Slow you down, hold you down, crush you. Just depends on the weight. And every sin that easily besets you. So God says, look, there's things in your life that are going to take you off course. And there's things in life that are going to slow you down. And there's things in your life that are going to, if you're not careful and you get up under it, crush you because the weight of it. But that's why we look unto Jesus. Why? Because while we're beholding him, the Bible says we're changed. Well, how are we changed? We're changed from faith to faith and glory to glory. Just some little religious thing we say all the time. What does that mean? It's like this. Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. As a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. That if you ask anything in my name and you believe, according to my will, it will be done. That if you believe and you speak to your mountain, it would be removed. He says, look, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, what's faith? Faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Well, what exactly does all that mean? It's like this. When you have faith in God, it's it's trusting. It's adhering. It's, it's reliance. It's, it's hoping. It's putting everything you've got in God. Just like when you get in your car or your vehicle or your truck, whatever it is, and you drive down the road, and you're going between the lines, you have faith in the person in front of you and behind you and to the right of you and to the left of you that they're going to stay in their line. Everything's going to go smooth. Every time you get out on the highway, you have to put faith in the people around you driving. It's a substance of things up for. You hope the person in front of you or behind you or to the right or the left of you isn't going to slam into you. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not yet seen. You, you haven't gotten to your destination yet, but you know in your heart as long as you get in your car and you got gas in it and you get there, you're going to get there. Never considering anything possible from here to there. But you have faith. Faith in that vehicle. You have faith in your ability to drive. You have faith in... That's faith. Now, 
Now let's let's take it to a kingdom level. That's a natural parable, you know, just an explanation, an example. The Bible says we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, that we're clothed in Christ, we're in Christ, and he's in us. He abides in us and we abide in him, which means we're one. We're told to clothe ourselves and surround ourselves with his spirit. And that in him we move and have our being, which means everything we do, everything that we say, everything that we think, should ultimately run through and by the Holy Spirit, by the Word, through the Father. And we should check our motives and check everything that goes on on the inside of us on a regular basis and make sure that what we're doing is in line with God. Now listen, as a Christian, when you give yourself to Christ, you say, Lord, I place myself in your hands. Lord, I take the control of my life. I I get out of the driver's seat, and Lord, I let you get in the driver's seat. Lord, I, I, I trust you now to drive. I trust you to be the vehicle. I trust you to be the one that's going to get me from point A to point B. And I trust that no matter what things look like around me, you're going to get me through the situation and circumstance because even though this is where we're starting, we've got a place we have to finish because you don't just start by faith, but you finish my faith, which means you don't not necessarily just have a starting point, but you have an ending point. You have an expected end. God says, I have a hope and a future for you, an expected end. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Some versions say an expected end. So there's an expectation in the end that what goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's faith. You don't see it. You see it manifest. You start hoping and you start believing and you start trusting and you start relying and as you go, God begins to show you what's going on and how this thing works. So that's faith. So we go from faith to faith. It means this. The more you trust God, the more your faith grows. The more you hear his word and you begin to get confidence, you begin to have faith and trust in his word. And when God begins to tell you to do things, you begin to trust him and you begin to obey him. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Now that word is not just reading the Bible out loud and quoting scripture to yourself, although that will build you up. but it's communicating with God in the place of prayer and worship and in your being and just allowing God to 
fill your life. And as you begin to trust, that faith begins to grow. And we go from glory to glory. And there's an anointing, the presence of God. And as you spend more time in his presence and separating yourself and sanctifying yourself, consecrating yourself out of darkness into light, away from behavior and stepping into consecration, holiness, righteousness. The things that you used to do just don't seem fun anymore. And all of a sudden you find yourself doing things you never, ever would have imagined yourself doing. Because the presence of God comes with a price. Your relationship with God comes with a price. Mine does. And it's not cheap grace. Listen. Jesus, there's a reason Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. He didn't say, let's float around in utopia and everything's going to be fairies and butterflies. <laughs> because now you're a Christian and everything's so sweet. Look, if you got sold on the utopia lie, I'm sorry. Whoever told you if you got saved, it was going to be utopia. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) That definitely isn't scriptural. Jesus said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. He said, blessed are you that are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Like, cheer up, guys, because the wolves are coming. Don't worry, I've I've overcome them. Oh yeah, the suffering you go through for a moment is not compared to the glory in the age to come. The suffering in this present age isn't nothing compared to the glory that we're going to experience in the age to come. So God says, "Don't worry, cheer up." It's for a little while. Does that sound like utopia? It doesn't. doesn't sound like utopia to me. Behold, I send you out as sheep among wolves. <laughs> What's that? Isn't that what he says? Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. When, when you hear me say, isn't that what he said? I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about God. The one that you follow, the one that I follow, the one that we claim to be our Savior and Lord. We're followers of Jesus. Jesus said a teacher is greater than a student. If they persecute me, guys, guess what you're in for? Anybody want off the bus yet? Everybody still want to be like Jesus? What's the biggest nail you ever drove through your hand on the construction site? 
or on your home project, if it ever happens. I guarantee it wasn't a nine-inch one. You still want to be like Jesus? Well, while we still have a little bit of joy, let's pray. Because I can go a whole different way with this one. But before I do, let's do a little song. Let it soak in. You know, when you read the Psalms and you see that S E L A H, Selah, it really means pause and think about it. It means David was smart enough, the Holy Spirit in David. And of course, this is going to sound funny to some of you the way I say this. My wife loves it when I say it. God is so smart. He really knew what he was doing. When he wrote the Psalms through David and through some of the other writers, he knew that, well, people have to be spoon-fed. And sometimes people like speed read, they skim right through stuff, and they don't ever let it really sink in. They never let it sink in. They never paused for a minute. See how that went? A little pause with it. You thought I just fell off there. Some of you guys started, like, refreshing your players. Oh, no, see, that uncomfortable silence. We're all so used to just blah, 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 blah. We don't know what to do with silence. See, God said, look, I'm going to tell you something important. And when I do, I want you to stop and think about it. I want it to sink in. So when he wrote the song, he had David actually transcribe in there, Selah, which means pause and think about it. It means take a break and let what I just wrote soak in. Pretty nifty. So when you're going through the Word of God and you're seeking the things of God, pace yourself. Enjoy the journey. Slow down a little bit. You know, God's in you to learn to do of His good pleasure. God is determined to accomplish His purposes through your life. Now, whether you yield to him and allow that or not, that's a whole different story. But we were created to taste and see that God makes such an impression on us that it leaves a taste in our mouth and we hunger and desire for it. We crave the presence. We crave fresh word from God. We crave something new and exciting in the kingdom. Sometimes we need the uncomfortable silence. 
Sometimes we have to be still, be quiet. Jesus departed to a quiet place constantly. Why? Because he knew, be still and know that I am God. How are you going to get still? How are you going to get quiet? How are you going to get set? Settled. So you have to be settled first in order to be set. And if you're going to get set up and set right with God, you need to get settled down on the inside. So you can hear God saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Don't turn to the right or the left. This is the way. Do the good shepherd leads his sheep. The voice of a stranger they won't follow. Jesus said, I'm a shepherd. My sheep know my voice. They know me. And I know them. You know? He knows you. He knows everything about you. Good, bad, and ugly. And wonderful. Good, bad, ugly, and wonderful. He knows everything about you. Do you know him? That's the question. Do you know him? And when you're standing before him on that day, is that, I know you, thing you want to hear. You want him to throw his arms around you, whatever that looks like, and embrace you and say, enter in, son, daughter. He's just like the prodigal son. The father, when the prodigal was still far off, he still wasn't just right. He was still far off. You ever see people that just seem so far off? You hear what they have to say. You see the way they live their lives and just their, the way they think about things. And it just seems like they're just so far off. Back in the day, we used to say far out. <laughs> wow, that dude's going to far out. <laughs> but that meant, whoa, space cadet. They're just off in my field somewhere. Far off, for the sake of a better word. And see, when the prodigal son was still far off, the father noticed him. The father got excited. And he gave orders, go get the robe, get the fatted cow, get the ring, get the shoes, go. My son is coming home. My child. For some of you, my daughter, whoever you are, right? Even when you're far off. Even when you're out there, man. Just just you trying to make way to God. Just you trying to reach out to God gets God excited. Excited. And when you come to him, and when you repent, and when you really come into his kingdom, the angels rejoice. Not only does the father get excited, 
I was having to rejoice. And it's a party, just like that father did for the prodigal son. It's a party in heaven. And if you're off in the spirit enough, you can feel it on the inside. It feels like a party inside. And you finally get out of that flesh and you make some kind of contact with the spirit of the living God. Believe me, it feels like a party on the inside when you finally make contact with it. All kinds of crazy. I mean, I've had some parties in my lifetime prior to being uh, obedient to Christ and trying to walk right with God or whatever you want to call it. Uh, parties in my lifetime where I ended up on the floor you know what I mean? Probably somewhere I ended up in jail. <laughs> but, listen. Tell you what. When you get moved by the Spirit of God, you won't care if you're on the floor or if it lands you in jail. Just like those disciples. They were in prison for their faith. They were so radically changed, so convinced of who Christ was and who the whole yeah. Holy Spirit was in their lives. And they understood the loving Father was wrapping his arms around them, pushing them to do his will. When you get that kind of taste in your mouth, when you begin to see that, because you see the living God and you see what he does, because while beholding him, you're changed. You're changed from faith to faith and glory to glory. More trust, more reliance, more confidence in God, and more presence. More of heaven. More miracle. More angelic assistance. You know, sometimes when you crave food, you want more. That's why they have all-you-can-eat buffets. Because just like Pringles, or I'm sorry, Lay's potato chips, here's another little plug. I hope, hope I can't get food for this. I don't know if I can or not. But just like uh, Lay's potato chips, you can't eat just one. And you crave, you, you become addicted. You get a tolerance. All of a sudden... What satisfies you doesn't satisfy you anymore. You gotta have more of Jesus. You gotta have more of his presence. You gotta Well, he's leading me in these areas. I I, I need instruction in these other areas. Well, I have peace in this part of my life, but I, I need peace in this area over here. And you want more. And that's okay, that's one thing it's okay to want more. One person is okay. So I want more of Jesus, God, Holy Spirit. And, of course, your spouse, if you're married. Shame on you if you just rolled your eyes. Never did. All right. Go ahead and pray. Father, we just give you praise. Thank you for your goodness. 
Thank you that we can taste and see that you're good. We, God, you're you're so loving to us. We right now we just pray that everybody would understand your loving heart, understand that you mean business, Lord. And Father, I pray that you would touch them right where they're at by your Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, your word would sink deep. Father, we pray your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give them daily bread. Forgive them of their trespasses. Lord, lead them in a a road to forgiveness, to walk in forgiveness towards others. Father, lead them not into temptation, but deliver them from evil. Deliver us from evil, Father. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, now and forever. Lord, we just declare, Lord, let your kingdom come. Father, we pray for the harvest, Lord, the north, south, east, and west. Bring in the harvest. Send forth laborers. Raise up your people to declare your word boldly. Father, we just pray, Lord, that you would pour out and reveal yourself in a genuine way. Father, touch everybody in their bodies, in their minds, restore marriages, restore families. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Prayer International Radio. We'll be back soon. Good night. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.